Stem Cells at Lunch Digested is brought to you by the Centre for Stem Cells and Regenerative Medicine at King's College London. Hello and welcome to Stem Cells at Lunch Digested. I'm Jessica Sells, Public Engagement Officer here at the CSCRM. For this episode, I will be talking to Dr. Michael Diefenbacher, a Principal Investigator from the University of Würzburg. Hello and thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you for having me here. <laughs> Would you like to tell our audience a little bit about yourself and your career path that has led you to where you are today? So I'm a biologist by training. Um, I started off with, um, very idealistic and I wanted to do ocean marina biology first. Fantastic. Um, <laughs> however, in my second uh, semester I was exposed to genetics and that got me hooked straight away. So from that on point onwards I was driven to go into a genetic um, background. So I finished my, PhD, uh, my diploma in 2004 done my PhD with genetics in 2009. Um, from there almost both in Germany in Karlsruhe, which is very close to the French border, then moved to London in 2009 to the lab of Axel Behrens. I again was exposed to modeling um, diseases, which I'm still working on today, and also got exposed to animal research, which is a vital point of the research we're doing today, and got also first flavors with regard to translational um, research, which mm-hmm. is something which we are in, or I'm still interested in. Okay, so translational research, you mean how you take what you get from the lab and then how that will eventually translate? We have, in my current place here, very close collaboration with the university hospital, so we get patient data. We can model patient mutations in our mice, or we get patient materials, something that we'll also talk about here today. We'll try to find new vulnerabilities, new treatment options for patients, where there's currently only a very limited amount of treatment options available, like, for instance, lung cancer or colorectal cancer. Okay, great. Could you give us a little overview of your research group and what you're working towards? So my team is interested in how proteins accumulate in tumor cells and how this can contribute to developing a tumor in the first place. So uh, very common in cancer is that a gene gets lost or it gets changed. And it has a very specific purpose in controlling a protein, a, a gene which is kind of a driver. And they need to be cleared. So you can also imagine it like a misparked or misplaced car and the traffic warden wants to get rid of it. So if the traffic warden is not in place, the car sticks around forever and that causes problems. So what we try to do is, in a situation in a tumor where the traffic warden is not there, it is still can get the pickup truck and the lorry to get to the misplaced car get it taken off the street, make it available again. And this is what we try to hijack by using protein stability. This is the the key word we're after. So deregulated protein stability in cancer. Great. Thank you. That was a really nice explanation of the process. And so this seminar that you're going to be talking about today for us, thank you very much for joining us. Um, Your title is targeting deregulated protein stability in cancer. Yeah, so the, the focus of the talk today will be a particular for a project from one of my PhD students who's interested in colorectal cancer. So this is the fourth most leading cause of cancer-related death in the Western world. And from the genetic perspective, so the, the changes which occur in patients, 90% share the same alteration, the same mutation, which is loss of a particular protein called APC. If this protein is lost, an effective protein, so one mediating the action of um, the, in, in the colorectal tumor, is beta-catenin. And we've identified a, a new mechanism how the accumulation of this protein can be counteracted, so how we can engage. 
and we hope to find a new treatment option for patients with colorectal cancer in line with current treatments, which are still in use since the last 20, 30, 40 years for the majority of patients. Okay, and so how long do you think that would take to get to a, a, a treatment level? That's a prediction I'm very afraid to make, because <laughs> you will be held accountable. <laughs> no, of course. So, so Obvious, vague ballpark. Vague, vague ballpark. So everything is possible these days. So developments can be very fast. They can be taken offline again because they're not efficient enough or they're too risky for the patient. That's why we use also mouse genetics in order to evaluate if the processes we're interrogating are actually viable mm -hmm. for uh, potential patients. Current status is something up to 10 years from finding to, so from bench to bed is around about 10 years. Yeah. I think that's pretty kind of, with processes that yeah. are going on, research studies that are yeah. going on, that's, yeah. that's pretty This is a conservative time. estimate. Yeah. Things can, again, can move fast, can be slower. You there just will have be to setbacks. see as it goes. That's research, exactly. Exactly. Um, and also, as a final question for our interview, uh, could you tell me what is your favourite thing about working in science? That is challenging, that you meet <laughs> always new and interesting people along your way. You will be exposed to people who will challenge you, who will force you to rethink, to think outside the box, in the most literal way of, uh, in the most literal sense of the, of the saying itself. And that when you are in a team and an environment which is also very supportive, you can achieve. You, we all set out with huge goals. And um, when you have proper support, friends around, you can also achieve them. And to also to change society and to contribute with what we're doing to, the, to an overall greater goal. So thank you very much for joining us. And um, I really look forward to hearing what you're going to about your work in the seminar. Thank you.